Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. What is that from? How many of you folks recognize that? Does that bring back memories? Or well, I hadn't heard that in, I don't know how many years. We'll, we'll finish it. Remember the guy going down the ski slope and wiping out? If you could see it, you could watch it. But you're not up here, so. Boy, that brings back memories. How many of you that brings back memories? Yeah, that's that's the I think didn't it come on Sunday afternoon? Maybe Saturday and Sunday afternoon, or was it Sunday afternoon? Anybody remember? I'm I'm not sure. Anyway, that that what does that got to do with anything? Well, look at the if you can read it, the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. Last time we met and studied Joshua in Joshua chapter six. Joshua and the people of Israel have crossed over into the promised land, but there's enemies there that they have to defeat. Not because they're in the way, as we emphasized last time, but because they were wicked. I mean, horribly wicked people, and their wickedness had to be put to a stop. So their first encounter over in the promised land is the great walled city of Jericho. And they march around him. The, the battle is very unorthodox. It's not with sword and spear. It's them marching around and blowing the trumpets and, and shouting. And, and the walls come down. And what a fantastic victory it is. And then in the next battle, they run. I mean, they run from the enemy. An enemy they should have defeated easily. But they run, and they are defeated. Now think about that. Isn't that kind of like life? You can have the greatest victory one week, and you can be on cloud nine, and then one phone call, or one event, or one whatever, and your bottom lip's dragging the ground. That's life. That, that's, that's how life works. So... Last time we studied about Joshua and the thrill of victory. This week we're going to look at the agony of defeat. Because nobody goes through life with all victories. The best person in this room will experience some defeats, will experience some failures. And from this lesson, we're going to see that Joshua initially doesn't handle the defeat well. But then God gets involved, and he does. So this lesson, I think, teaches us how not to handle defeat, which any one of us might be prone to do, but how to handle a defeat or how to handle a failure. Uh, We we put it this way. The, The purpose of this is this. Handling defeat improperly 
can have long-term devastating consequences if you handle a defeat or a failure improperly. And it's possible. It's possible the Lord could allow you to be dealt a blow and you not handle it right. And that can be devastating. It can be devastating for a lifetime if you don't handle it right. Learning to handle defeat properly, though, can propel you to growth and future victories. Now, we're not going to read the whole chapter, but we'll read enough verses to get the story down. Joshua chapter 7, verse number 1. Okay, they've just had the victory at Jericho. Next chapter. But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing. Now, before the chapter describes what happens, it tells us the result or why it happened. It kind of starts off backwards. Here's here's why the defeat occurred. But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing. For Achan, the son of Carmi, and the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing. Okay, here's why they were defeated. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. Okay, that's why they were defeated. Now, here's the story. And Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai. Okay, we've captured, we've, we've taken care of uh, Jericho. Here's, here's Next on the list, we've got to take care of Ai. And Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Bethhaven, on the east side of Bethel, and spake unto them, saying, Go up and view the country. He's sending out some scouts. And the men went up and viewed Ai. Okay? Now, they come back to Joshua. And they returned to Joshua and said unto him, Ah, look, let not all the people go up. Uh, Let about two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai, and make not all the people to labor thither, for there's just a few of them, and I'm adding here. There's nothing to worry about, nothing to see here, Joshua. Send out, you know, a few thousand, we'll we'll take care of them. So there went up thither of the people about three thousand men, and they fled before the men of Ai. It didn't go anywhere near where they said it was going to go. Nothing happened like they thought it was going to happen. Verse number 5, And the men of Ai smote of them about thirty and six men, the Hebrew children, for they chased them from before the gate even to Shebarim and smote them in the going down. Wherefore... The hearts of the people melted and became as water. What happened? We were supposed to walk over those guys. We were a 30-point favorite. You know, and here, here we are. They're, they're kicking us around. And Joshua, now, he's experienced failure. He had a great def- uh, victory. Now he's experiencing failure. And Joshua, he, he doesn't handle it well. Joshua rent his clothes and fell to the earth upon his face and before the ark of the Lord until the evening tide, he and the elders of Israel, and put dust upon their heads. Let me read to you what one Bible commentary says about this, and I read it to you because it's articulate. They say it better than what I could. They say the distance between a great victory and a terrible defeat is one step. And often only a short one at that. We can identify with this. Things can 
change so suddenly. A fact of reality is that in a fallen world, we can be riding high on the cloud of some great spiritual success and the very next moment find ourselves in the valley of spiritual failure and despair. goes on to say, Never is the believer in greater danger of a fall than after a victory. Sure is the case here. We are so prone to drop our guard and begin to trust in ourselves or in our past victories rather than the Lord. One victory never ensures the next. And lastly, that same commentary says, in this description of Joshua, we see one of the great evidences of the inspiration of Scripture. God's people, including the great heroes of the faith, are pictured with blemishes, warts and all. God does not touch up the photo. We're talking about Joshua and how he initially responds to this defeat. Rather, he shows us their humanness, not only because it is so, but to comfort us in our own failures and to challenge us to realize he can greatly use us if we will trust him. This is a... Bible story, a Bible narrative that we should all eagerly soak up because all of us at some point in time or multiple times, if we haven't already, we certainly will experience some sort of defeat. Thinking things were going along just fine and it seems like then the bottom falls out, the roof caves in. have some quotes about that. I like this one. Failure is not the end. In fact, failure can be the back door to success. It may be just the beginning, depending on how we respond. And the Bible, the Bible acknowledges that we can fall. We can fail. We, we can fail as a, as a business person, an employer, an employee. We, we can fail as a spouse. We can fail as, as a parent. Things like that are going to happen. We can fail financially. We can fail out of school. The question is, how do we respond to that? Because in here, Joshua, he's the leader. The buck stops with him. In what should have been a rout, they are routed. And all eyes are on him. And the Bible acknowledges this. Proverbs 24, 16, For a just man falleth seven times, but a just man will rise up again. But the wicked shall fall into mischief. The wicked, when they fall, because they're wicked, they don't know the Lord. I mean, maybe they're going to turn to booze. Maybe they're going to turn to alcohol. Maybe they're going to get bitter. Maybe they're going to have anger. After the great victory at Jericho, now they have this humiliating defeat. And like the commentary said, you know, God doesn't touch up the photo. He, he, He... lays it out there like it really happened, even with the heroes of the faith like Joshua. And as we look at Joshua, we can learn from Joshua, first of all, how not to handle defeat or failure. Because we're going to have them. Things are not going to always turn out like we planned. Okay? How are you going to respond? Well, number one, we learn from Joshua, when defeated, don't doubt God. That's that's exactly where Joshua went. 
Verse number 7. And Joshua said, he's praying, he's talking to God. Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites, to destroy us? Would to God we had been content and dwelt on the other side of Jordan. Now that tells me he's, he's questioning God. He's doubting God. That's pretty much can be a natural response for Christians today. We try something. God has directed us. God directed him into the promised land. God directed him against Jericho. God directed him against Ai. God wanted me to do this. Why have I failed? God, what are you up to? And we question God. He starts off by saying, alas. That's an interjection that signifies despair and hopelessness. When he says, alas, you know, he's, he's signifying, he, he's exuding the fact that he is in despair and, and hopelessness. And, and Joshua is questioning God. He, he is, and, and he's doubting God. And it's wrong. And he's not applauded for doing that in Scripture. So when we experience a defeat or a failure in something we thought God wanted us to do, and maybe even God was leading us to do, one of the things we don't want to do is doubt God, to be filled with despair and hopelessness. We have to remind ourselves, we have to be spiritually mature enough, and this isn't easy. I mean, a kick in the gut when things don't turn out when you were so hopeful. I mean, it, it, the temptation is to doubt God, but we've got to remember and remind ourselves God allows things to happen for a reason. And that was the case here. There was a reason this happened. So, when defeated, don't doubt God. And number two, you're going to start doubting yourself. Not that we have confidence in ourselves, but we start putting ourselves down. We start wallowing in self-pity. L- look at what he says in verse number eight. Oh, Lord, what shall I say when Israel turneth their backs before their enemies? Joshua now is doubting himself, his ability to lead the people. He said, what am I going to say? How am I going to explain this to these people? I have led them. You put me in charge. The buck stops here. How am I going to lead these people? Well, remember... It was Achan who sinned, right? If you remember the story, he, after the battle of Jericho, he took the, 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 the gold and he, he took the Babylonian garments, which God had forbidden, and he knew that, but he took it anyway. It was Achan that sinned, but it's Joshua that has to deal with it. That's what leaders do. Whether it's a leader of a family, leader of a business, leader of a group in church, when those below you fail, and, and they will, then, then you have to do it. So he's, he's doubting himself. Oh, Lord, what shall I say? He's frustrated here. He's doubting his ability to lead the people. We need to understand that when we come up against the failure, we were pursuing something, thinking it was in God's will. Maybe it is in God's will, but he allows a defeat for a reason. We should examine ourselves. It's right to look in yourself. I mean, when any problem lands on your lap, the, you, you should not be defensive. You should not be blaming other people. The first thing you need to do, 
When a problem is presented to you, you find out somebody's mad at you, you find out somebody's disappointed you, you know, because he's dealing with Achan here. Okay? He, it wasn't Joshua that sinned, but he's, he's the leader. He's the guy that cares. This is where the buck stops. It is right for us to, to examine ourselves. That ought to be the first thing. When, 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 when your child disappoints you, when your spouse disappoints you, when somebody at work gets on your case or whatever it is, the right thing to do is to examine yourself. But don't doubt your calling. Don't, don't take it to the point, well, I, I, I'm a lousy father. You know, I'll never be a good father. No, no, examine yourself, yes. But, you know, Joshua here, I think, is doubting his leadership and whether I should even be here. You don't want to go to that extreme. You should examine yourself. But, I mean, if, you, if you're the father, you're, you're the head of the home, period. But examine yourself, but don't doubt yourself. And then, so, so we're tempted to doubt God. We're tempted to doubt ourselves. Well, I can't be a good mom. I'm just a terrible mom. You know, no, that's not what God is wanting to achieve. He wants you to look inwardly and figure out what's not wrong. But in addition to doubting God or doubting yourself, then you're going to doubt the future. You're going to start questioning everything. Look at verse number 9. He continues. For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it and shall environ us around and cut us off our name from the earth. And what wilt thou do unto thy great name? So he's looking to the future now. He said, this is bad. Word is going to spread that the Hebrew children got defeated by the little old bitty tribe of Ai. And now that's going to embolden all the enemy that's all around us. And they're going to come and they're going to surround us. And we're done for. And, and Joshua is assuming here, he's doubting. He's assuming it's all over. The future is bleak. What's the proper response to that? You might be tempted to think that. But when you know that God has called you to something, to be the head of your home, to be the head of a ministry at church, but there's been some setback, you experience defeat, you shouldn't doubt the future. You need to have the maturity to know that setbacks happen, and they happen for a reason, but you should be committed to the long haul. So when we experience any kind of failure in life, you know, you, you go to school and you, you flunk out or you pursue this job and it doesn't work out, you start this business and it doesn't work out, the temptation is to doubt everything. Doubt everything. I mean, that's, that's Satan's mode of operation. What did he do with Adam and Eve? He put seeds of doubt in their mind. And we're all prone to do that. That's why Satan jumped on that, because he knows our human weaknesses and proclivities. So the next time you, you, you run into this situation and you start doubting God, you start doubting yourself, you know, can I, am I supposed to even be doing this? And you start doubting the future. It's so bleak, I just need to stop and not even go there. No, God still wants them to go forward. God still wants Joshua to lead. God is still in control. But you've got to be careful that you're not a person of doubt, but you're a person of trust and a person of faith. I like this quote. I love this quote. Failure doesn't mean you are a failure. It just means you haven't succeeded yet. That's important to remember. So quickly, it changes. He doesn't stay in that doubtful state of mind. And three points, real quick, on how to handle, how to handle. We looked at how not to handle it, but how 
to handle defeat or failure. Number one, when defeated, get up. Don't be wallowing around in self-pity. Don't let doubt put fears in you. Get up. Look in verse number 10. And the Lord said unto Joshua, get thee up. Okay, I should change it. Don't get up. Get thee up. Okay? Get thee up. Wherefore liest thou thus upon thy face? The first thing God told Joshua after defeat was to get up. You know, don't be laying around in doubt and despair and self-pity. That's not what God wanted to accomplish through the defeat. He didn't say, okay, now I got you right where I want you. I mean, you're filled with doubt, you're filled with despair, you're filled with self-pity. No, he says to Joshua, get up. And we need to understand that when we face defeat, we're to get up. We're to take action. We're not to wallow in self-pity. To get up, I think, would mean for us as Christians today to pray. Don't lock yourself in some closet. Don't sleep all day depressed. Pray. Read your Bible. Seek counsel. Go to church. Get up. That's what he told Joshua, and that's what he would tell you or me. Not always easy to do, but that's what he tells you. Get moving. Problems, this quote says, are not stop signs. They are guidelines. Number one, get up. Number two, this is so important. When you have faced a failure or defeat, it didn't go anywhere like you thought it was. Listen up. When defeated, that's the time to listen up. God is in this. He allowed it for a reason. Verses 11 and 12. The Lord is saying to Joshua, Israel hath sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant. See, the Lord's explaining to him, here's what's going on. And if you'll listen up when you're going through trouble, if you'll open up your ears and just quit feeling sorry for yourself or getting mad at God or just living in fear, doubting God, listen. Israel hath sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them, for they have even taken of the accursed thing. Now he's explaining what Achan did. And have also stolen and disassembled also, and they have put it even among their own stuff. Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before the enemies, but turn their backs before the enemies, because they were accursed. Neither will I be with you anymore, except ye destroy the accursed from among you. Listen up. Now Joshua's going, oh, okay. Now he understands. Had he not listened He wouldn't understand. But he listened to God. God said, let me tell you what's going on here. And when you and I go through problems, God will explain to you, here's here's what's going on. He tells Joshua, there's sin in the camp. Joshua needed to listen to God for those instructions. There's no better time to listen to God than after defeat or after a failure. We should be all ears. We should listen. We should learn. You listen to God through When you pray, he speaks to you through the preaching of God's word, through your Bible reading, through counsel. There's other good Christian books out there that can help you. There's lots of ways you can listen to God. But those people that just get angry or they get scared or they wallow in self-pity or their faith is so shaken, they don't go to church. They quit reading their Bible. They do the exact opposite. No, here's the example. Listen. Get up. Listen up. Here's the quote. Every happening, great and small, is a parable whereby God speaks to us and the art of life is to get the message. 
Everything that happens in your life, think about that. I, I love the descriptive phrase. It's, it's like a parable happening to you in your life. And the idea is to get the message. So, we get up, we listen up. Number three, when defeated, gear up. Gear up. Take action. Here's what he says to Joshua. Up, sanctify the people and say, sanctify yourselves against tomorrow. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, there is an accursed thing in the midst of thee, O Israel. Thou canst not stand before thine enemies until you take it away, the accursed thing, from among you. Joshua was told to get the people right. He says, up, sanctify the people, sanctify yourselves. There was sin in the camp. They had to gear up. They had to prepare, sanctify. Take, take the actions necessary to put your hearts and minds right with God. Get your hearts right. You know, you're, you're going to have to take action now. I don't want you to sit around defeated. The setback for God's children is temporary. And when we face defeat, when we experience a failure, we too have to take action. We have to calm our emotions. We have to refocus on God. We have to gear up. Sanctify. They, they start doing what was necessary to make sure their hearts are right with God. I love this quote. They were called to sanctify themselves when they were to receive the divine law. And now also when they were come under the divine judgment. For in both, God is to be attended with the utmost reverence. To sanctify themselves. Remember, this is a God thing. This failure is a God thing. As a child of God, he allowed it for a reason. It's a God thing. Now, gear up. Get ready. And then number four, lastly, when defeated, this is so important. Clean up. When defeated, clean up. In the morning, therefore, ye shall be brought according to your tribes, and it shall be that the tribe which the Lord taketh shall come according to the families thereof, and the family which the Lord shall take shall come by households, and the household which the Lord shall take shall come by man by man. And it shall be that he that is taken with the accursed thing shall be burnt with fire, and he and all that he hath, because he hath transgressed the covenant of the Lord, and because he hath wrought folly in Israel. And they did that. They came by, and it was determined that Achan was the one that did it and he was dealt the punishment and they had to make it right there was sin in the camp and they had to get the sin out and sadly Joshua had to rid Israel of this offender they were in trouble because there was sin in the camp when we experience defeat we have to examine ourselves and ask was it like Achan was it because there's some known willful sin in my life that I'm not dealing with? And when defeat comes, one of the best things you can do is look inwardly, confess your sins, clean house of anything that God might judge, like he did in this case. Clean house of wrong thinking, wrong friends, wrong entertainment, wrong anything in your life. And when it's all over, you're a better person. You're stronger for future battles. You've learned some things. You've handled it properly. I like this quote. When we meet with disgrace and disaster in a conflict in which God is pledged to aid us, we may be sure that the fault is within ourselves. We ought at once to betake ourselves to self-examination, to detect the hidden evil, and when found out, we ought to at once to put it away. 
But a person that doesn't handle defeat right will never get to that point. Through their doubting God, doubting themselves, doubting the future, therefore just being angry or bitter at God or whatever. They will never come to that point. Under the pressure of losing the battle, Joshua reacted improperly. He reacted more emotionally. He was doubting God. He was doubting himself. He was doubting the future. And we're tempted. We're tempted to do the same. I know because I'm tempted when I've, things don't go like I had hoped they, they would. You know, you know the, the thing with Matt, that didn't go like any of us thought it would. I mean, I was happy. Boy, he's got a church. He's got people that love him. And, you know, eight months into it, defeat. Failure, if you will. And if I or Matt, if all we did was sit around doubting God, doubting ourselves and whether God has called us to do this, doubting, you know, the future, who knows? But I think I can say, without sounding too braggadocious, and we still have a ways to go, I think Matt is handling more like he's supposed to. Now, it was hard at first. It was hard for him. It was hard for me. It was hard. I mean, you're, you're tempted to want to doubt. You're, you, you may be tempted to get angry at God. You may be tempted to get bitter at people. You, you may be tempted to do a whole lot of things that are wrong. But we learned that in the lesson of Joshua, God told him, get up, listen up, gear up, and clean up. Examine yourself. You know, I got your attention now. Examine yourself, and if there's sin in the camp, get rid of it. And when it's all said and done, you're a better person. You're, you're, you're a better tool in God's hands. This final quote, and I love this. Again, success is on the same road as failure. Success is just a little further down the road. But it's critical how we handle it. Joshua started off not handling it right. Then God gets involved and says, this is how you handle it. That was recorded thousands of years ago. And it's amazing that it's been preserved all these years. Miraculously preserved because God loves you. And he wanted you to be blessed by the experience of Joshua. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Mayo Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.